We at war. This is ASI 247.org. We at war with society, racism, terrorism, most of all, we at war with ourselves. God, show me the way because the devil trying to break me down. This is attitudes of sexual integrity. And I don't think there's nothing I can do now to right my wrongs. I want to talk to God, but I'm afraid because we ain't spoken so long. Encoded from a cassette tape recorder because that's all I had at the time. We're traveling back in time to 2005. <laughs> Hello, brand new listeners. This is Russ Shaw, 2018 update on episode number one. A lot has changed in 12 years, all right? I'm not the same person you're hearing at the beginning of these shows. And listen, the sound quality you're going to hear has got much better (laughs) as this is being recorded in 2018, uh, as opposed to when I first started on a tape recorder, right? True story. But it's mostly the content that has had people uh, stick with this thing. Uh, I think when you read a book, you listen to a podcast, uh, you get into a YouTuber, right? Um, Those folks are working through something. Uh, Anybody who writes a book, man, they're working through something, right? Unless it's some instruction manual. Uh, That is the case with me. And over the years, I've received emails on, you know, my understanding of religion or shame or guilt or um, my understanding of how you know, this war on myself, am I, am I declaring war on my behaviors or on something out there? Uh, just a lot of these kinds of questions and saying, Hey, I I disagree. And some of you, like some people just stop listening when they disagree. Listen, I disagree with myself, right? I disagree with you on this, Russ. You know what? Me too. And hopefully you can uh, sense my energy like I disagree with me, too. So I'm agreeing with you disagreeing with me. All right. That's uh, yes. Dear younger me, where do I start? If I could tell you everything that I have learned so far, then you could be one step ahead. Of all the painful memories still running through my head I wonder how much different things would be Dear younger me Yes, that's Mercy Me. There's actually a Spotify playlist for this podcast. If you Spotify, search for ASI Podcast Bumps, and you can connect with the music there. I refer to, in some of these older shows, my website, where I would point... Um, to the links, right, where people could buy the music and stuff like that. Um, you can do that through Spotify now and even be notified when, you know, they come to your town in concert, stuff like that, or their merch, vinyl, things like that. Um, that's keeping my nose clean with the recording industry. It's how I can play some of these promo bumpers, as they're called, in free speech media. And the website for this podcast, by the way, is asi247.org. Dear younger me, I cannot decide 
Do I give some speech about how to get the most out of your life? Or do I go deep and try to change the choices that you'll make? Cause they're the choices that made me. And even though I love this crazy life, sometimes I wish it was a smoother ride. Dear young me. My story as it unfolds in this podcast is one of broken pieces, of shattered parts, of pieces that when they broke got tossed so far from center that they landed in some pretty dark places. So I think for a lot of years, this podcast was sort of like uh, Humpty Dumpty, right? Trying to put himself back together again. And not just through me understanding my own story, but the emails over the years with listeners, actually meeting with listeners. I've had coffee with listeners. One of the really beautiful things about this body of work is that I've got to walk on some of your sacred space and you've invited me in, some listeners. I've actually even sat down had coffee with listeners who... I've been invited into the depths of of sacred space of the places that they don't tell a lot of people about, that people that aren't like me, people that aren't the same race as me or the same sex as me, different cultures, different parts of the world, people that are very different than me sharing similar heart-level struggles. And what I saw as I learned how to connect with others in this way was my own growth. I was growing through this process. It wasn't like I'm some coach or some guru teaching people, but the connection and the sharing of the stories was pulling some of me back together again. This is connecting When someone has a similar story that you track with, that you resonate with, there's power in that. This is bonding closer together as humans. And I started this thing encouraged to do a blog, right? Like, you should write a blog, Russ, or keep a journal. And I don't write, right? I'm ADHD and dyslexic. I don't write stuff down very well. I do. I take notes. Um, It's fairly laborious for me. I'm not very good at it. So I started this kind of talk radio recording, you know, and posting it thing. Um, And, and it's, it's kind of grew into having a life of its own. Uh, It's been, I've I've had a certain relationship with this show over the years. That's been um, relational, right? But it's been beautiful Good, bad, and ugly, like any other relationship, right? And that's the messy part when it comes to all the different layers and stacks of ego and history and trauma and beauty and pain and loss, growth. Um, Joy is something that's experienced on a heart level. Right, happiness is kind of fleeting up here on the surface, but when we get in the heart level, that's where connecting there, and in that, this is how relationships function. You know, 
men and women, all different races, different countries, gay, straight, black, white, red, yellow, we all deep inside are on similar paths. The guests that I've had on the podcast, uh, one guest, Paul Young, said, when the truth of your being meets the way of your being, that's wholeness. Uh, I fillet myself open in this podcast, all right? I'm going to show you all my broken pieces and how some of them have been fitting together. And from 2005 to 2018, man, all my shattered little splintered pieces, they're way more whole than when I started this thing years ago. Um, I'm getting more comfortable in my own being and understanding myself, my relationship with God, my, uh, my love for others. Uh, realizing that I am a loved creature that has got way better and clearer in eye-to-eye, face-to-face kind of relationship. And not just with other humans, but as an exercise of faith and my faith in God. Yes, I am a theist, all right? But uh, my faith in Christ has helped me throw off a lot of bad, toxic religion, all right? I, I'll say this, uh, and, and you can define this how you like. We could get into semantics here, but I despise religion, and I have a stronger faith because of it. And hopefully you'll see how facing your own compulsive sexuality is going to cause some of this deconstruct in your heart and in your mind. So again, bear with me as I, some of you Christians, man, you're my people. All right. I grew up with the the Christ, right? With church, with all of that, right? And there's a big chunk of this is understanding that God, right? The God you may have grown up with um, because there's something to our inability to connect in that. Uh, I, I love Jesus. I Again, I religion is just something else. So you're going to hear... Uh, me say some things that I disagree with today, sometimes vehemently. I've even thought about taking some of these shows down, but then I would be editing myself, and I'm against censorship, all right? But just realize that I'm not the same person I was 12 years ago, five years ago, uh, heck, two years ago, a year ago even. Uh, we all are on a trajectory, right? No one is, stays the same, so Keep that in mind as you listen, uh, realizing that I am a loved creature that has got way better and clearer. And a big part of that was closing my mouth and opening my two ears, right? God gave me one mouth, two ears, learning to connect and bond by actually hearing and digesting and bonding through other people. And not just hearing through the ears of my head, but hearing through my heart. My broken, frickin' messed up, slowly being pieced together heart. 
I've worked through a lot. So what you're about to hear, listen, this isn't digital counseling or therapy or anything like that. This is not meant to right, be some kind of supplement for your if you're seeing a therapist or something like that. Um, I, I strongly encourage you to uh, seek help from folks that can help you. I, I talk about that a lot in this podcast. Um, but I think the number one disclaimer that I would throw out there is that uh, if you're disagreeing with me, understand that in a lot of cases, I'm disagreeing with me too, right? So I'm, I'm up to season six of this podcast, and I encourage you to check out season six, maybe start at episode number one and just kind of see what's developed in the last 12 years, as far as my growth and understanding, it's um, a lot of deconstruction, to use that word, right? Tearing down ideologies and understandings that were unhelpful and building new that uh, have me feeling and understanding and, and having a heart that's more open than just freedom like freedom is great but some of us can get drunk on freedom and one person's freedom can be another person's slavery doing these shows man i really do care for you guys who are hearing this you ladies who are hearing this uh i have compassion i've been there we're kindred spirits in a way if you struggle with this some of the things i would say to you were the things that i was saying to me that i was saying to myself and um, season six is a lot about what I would say to to younger me, who you're about to hear uh, on the other side of of this intro to this podcast, as it is a work in progress, as all people's human development, right? Spiritual development, um, understanding and growing in the meaning and reality that is love. So here you go. You're about to hear from younger me. So please give him a break. Man, I've had to. God knows I've had to. There you go. This is Russ Shaw. This is my first show, my first podcast I'd like to do on this subject. I've struggled with this problem since I was a kid. I was first introduced to pornography about seven years old. And I've, I've had this, uh, this deal that I've had to kick for, uh, for all this time. I'm 37 years old now. Uh, this October, I celebrated a year free from using pornography. I'm not sure if saying I'm cured is uh, appropriate. It's not something I think that you ever get cured of or get uh, totally washed of. I think that uh, I've, I've scarred my mind to a certain extent, and all that will always be there. The memories that I have will always be there. But I believe that I've I, the, they're getting weaker. The, a lot of the stuff that comes up, a lot of the sexual temptation that comes up in my mind has gotten to the point where I can successfully manage that. Uh, I'm a Christian. I hope I'm not going to scare anybody away by saying that. I, don't, I know there's a lot of people dealing with the sexual addiction out there, 
And uh, that's my deal. I come from a Christian standpoint. I believe in God. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. And that is important to me. I, I'm not sure that I could have done this all on my own. I'm not strong enough to uh, kick this habit on my own. And you might be thinking, oh yeah, I've heard that before. You know, what does that mean that Jesus just, uh, you know, released all your demons or somebody laid hands on you, prayed all the demons out of you? some religious, you know, type of uh, ritual. God. That's not what it's about. It's, it's about relationship. It's about going in and, and digging all the crap out of you that makes you do uh, stuff like this. I remember laying in bed at night praying to God that just take this, you know, I hate this, that I do this, and I just want to stop. I want to, you know, I just pray incessantly over and over that I would stop. So once I realized somebody told me that, you know, you can't do this on your own. That's when those prayers were answered, when I realized that I need someone to talk to, whether it be a counselor, a, a men's group, another uh, pastor, or somebody I looked up to, somebody with uh, those kind of credentials, somebody that I thought had uh, fruit on their tree, if you will, to look up to and to, to confess all this and get all this stuff out to. And for me, it was a, a counselor and uh, a couple of different counselors, actually and uh, a few guys in, in the church that I that have really been able to even just listen to all the crap that I've had in my spirit that, that would so those prayers were answered by those guys and, and through real hard work me getting out and uh, having to analyze myself having to cut the top off my pumpkin if you will and scraping all the gunk out of there and getting all that stuff out of there that, uh, that had the bad seeds that were growing into gross things and could have totally destroyed my relationship with my wife, my family. I mean, this is important stuff. It's not just something that uh, it is no big deal. Even if you're a single person, if you do plan on getting married someday and you still have this addiction, it'll follow you. It'll follow you into your marriage, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, I'll get married and everything will be okay. No, it's uh, it's not. <laughs> it's something you need to deal with. You need to deal with it right away. And I think the more people that get this help, there'll be more soldiers out there to help fight this battle and to help other men and women fight this battle of sexual addiction. And I'll talk about sexual addiction in a minute, but that's the main thing that I want to get through to your head if you're not a Christian, if you're kind of standoffish about that. I'm going to talk about religion. I'm going to talk about the, the main thing. I'm not a big religious guy. I think religion kind of hindered me, kind of. It, it did a lot in trying to overcome this because I was afraid to go to my church. I was afraid to talk to people about it. When I did, I was kind of confronted with a cold shoulder. Sudden, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of the weird sinner, if you will. I was the guy that... Uh, was damaged goods around the church. I was the, you know, there just wasn't, uh, probably about 10 years ago was when I first went to a, a pastor at the church I was going to at the time and, and said I had this issue. Actually, my wife had caught me in uh, pornography and, you know, it was just about over for her. She, it was like I cheated on her. And basically, biblically, I did cheat on her. If you look at the Bible that Jesus says, uh, you know, if you look at another woman with lust in your eyes, you've already committed adultery. So, I, you know, I still, I still had struggles with that. Well, I'm not I'm actually cheating. I would justify it and stuff. But to her, to her heart, and how I, how I hurt her, you know, she didn't really see the difference. 
in that, and that was just the first time she had caught me. I've been, like I say, I've been dealing with this for years. That was probably 10 years ago. And the church I was going to at the time really didn't know how to deal with sexual addiction. Basically, my pastor sat me down and slid uh, two or three business cards at me and said, this guy's $150 an hour, this guy's $200 an hour, and I couldn't afford that. So I just remember being, felt like I was, uh, I was met with angst. I was not, uh, there was not a whole lot of compassion for, for my sexual addiction problem, which I don't blame him. You know, I, I, dealing with this issue if you're not taught about it. I think pastors today need to know about this this stuff because it is so important, it's so prevalent. is a It's an epidemic today in our society, in the church as well. I, I, you know, just because we're Christians doesn't mean that pornography doesn't affect the church. It, it does big time. I just think it weighs a little heavier on our hearts than it does if you're you're not a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, why can't I just stop doing this? It's uh, it's stupid. It's hurting my wife or my my girlfriend or, you know, God forbid your kids catch you. I mean, whatever it is, it's, it's something that you feel like you can't control. And if you're not a Christian, I, I, I just want to maybe get through to you by this podcast into the fact that, you know, the Bible isn't this big book of rules. God isn't up there like some cosmic killjoy trying to destroy all of our fun. I think sex is supposed to, is wonderful. It's awesome. It's God's way of showing us heaven, what heaven will be like when we pass this earth. It's just a, a glimpse of that. And when it's done in an intimate relationship thing, it's way better than porn. And I think most of you know that or you wouldn't be listening to my voice. The pornography is, is empty. It doesn't satisfy you. It just wants more. Uh, feeding the addiction is, is getting into weirder and weirder porn or weirder, weirder. If you're into, you know, if you're having affairs, jumping from one affair to the other until you end up destroying yourself. But I digress. Going back to the uh, church and sitting down with the pastor, uh, I left that church because I felt like when I went up and got saved, which I did several times, ironically, I uh, gave my heart to the Lord, you know, three or four times. I can't remember. I've lost count after four. Uh, I thought that, you know, you, you, get, you give your heart to Jesus and he, and he gives you a new heart, which he does, but it doesn't mean he takes all your, your sins not just going to go away. And that's what I kind of thought. I was kind of led to believe that, you know, I... I'm just not a sinner anymore. Now I'm saved, and I'm not going to have these nasty uh, temptations, these nasty thoughts run through my brain, which is not true at all. And uh, like I said, I prayed that uh, God would take this addiction away, and and he didn't, and I kind of got bitter about it. I got angry with God. I got angry with the church. I quit going to church for several years. I'm not sure how many, probably five or six years. I I didn't go to church at all. I started to... uh, I started to despise Christians. I was, I was just bitter. I mean, I was negative towards Christianity altogether. The, the people I loved at one time, uh, I had resentment for because of this, mainly because of this issue. Because I thought that, from what I was taught and when I grew up in the church, that you know God loves all the good kids and God loves the good people. And I know that He He forgives you for your sins, but. You know, once you're forgiven of your sin, then it's your turn to pick up the ball and, and run with it. 
And I knew enough about human nature to know that that's just false. I mean, people just don't not sin. I mean, everybody sins. We all sin. We probably sin every day, some of us more than others. But uh, the grace of God is bigger than that. But I was never taught about grace. I didn't understand grace. Uh, I was told that uh, all the bad stuff in my life was uh, God punishing me and kicking my butt, if you will. And uh, I kind of looked at God growing up as this guy with, uh, he loved me, but he had a stick in his hand and he's ready to whack me when I didn't do what was right or when I was sinning. So I just kind of gave up. I threw in the towel, which was horrible. You should never give up. I, I kind of learned that now. You don't give up, ever, on your faith or on this problem or on, uh, you know, anything positive in your life. You keep going and you keep struggling through it. I should have looked at getting help. But I just, you know, a lot of the scriptures they brought up and stuff about that, which they didn't bring up the grace scriptures, but the ones that they brought up about, you know, how you're supposed to be blessed when you do everything right and, you know, God's going to bless you financially and just wasn't the case for me and I always figured it was because of uh, you know this problem of pornography in my life that wasn't going away and I didn't get counseling either I tried to deal with this on my own for years I just said you know I'm not going to do this again and then I ended up doing it again and uh, you know I beat myself up and it just got worse and worse and worse until finally uh, things blew totally out of proportion and my wife was ready to leave me and that's when uh, Allen Creek Community Church helped me out, willing to talk with me when I didn't even go to church, my mom's church, and she tried to get me to go there for years, and no, Mom, I'm not going to church anymore. But uh, I was really blown away by the, the fact that they would help. A guy named Dan Hazen helped me out with, uh, just willing to talk to me and my wife and start to get me on the road to, on the road to recovery. Thank God for those guys. I had to spend some money on counseling. It wasn't $200 an hour session like I figured. I shopped around and I found a counselor who was great. He was, uh, he was about 70 bucks a session and he helped me out. He was uh, dealt with this in his life. His name was Bob, uh, livingbydesign.org, I believe is his website. And he helped me a lot with uh, the issues, the stuff on the surface that I was dealing with, all the thoughts, the crappy thoughts running through my brain and stuff. He was a guy that had been through it. He lost his family over it. And he was uh, a guy that could help me, and I looked up to him. And I dealt with him for a long time, a couple of months, uh, about six months, eight months. I moved on to another counselor named Alec Warner, who uh, counseled both me and my wife. I started to realize that it was a part of a marital thing. I wasn't able to communicate with my wife, and acting out sexually was a way that I uh, I could cope, I guess. I didn't have communication skills uh, the way I grew up or whatnot, you know. I, I just uh, used pornography, and, and acting out sexually was just, uh, I guess, a medication way to make me feel something. And, you know, through counseling, I got through that. And everybody's got a different story. This is my story. You're going to have your story. And I'm just here to tell you that there's victory over this. Because I never thought that I, there was. When I 
kind of lost hope in the church there. I I just thought that I was just bad. I was just uh, tainted. You know, I was going to hell. <laughs> kind of an attitude. Had a pitchfork with my name on it. I was incurable. And I, I guess just the, from what I learned from the other churches about God, I, I didn't believe God loved me, which is not true. Of as my own self-image or just what I took from from the churches I grew up in, I was too sinful to be loved by God. I was uh, I was nasty in the sight of God. But we're all nasty in the sight of God, but He loves us anyway. That's God's grace. God's glorious grace. We don't deserve what we get, the forgiveness that we get. Back in the Old Testament days before Jesus, they would uh, sacrifice the, the best they had to cover their sin. You know, they'd take their best goat, their best sheep, their best lamb. And Jesus was God's lamb. He was, he was perfect. He was flawless. He was the perfect human being. He was God in, in man's flesh. And he sacrificed him for us on the cross. And if it was, if it was all up to us being good enough, and righteous enough, then God wouldn't have had to do that, would he? That's one thing that uh, my pastors kind of finally got through my brain was that, you know, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Jesus, if it wasn't for God's grace, none of us would make it. None of us. You know, all the people that would look at me and say, you're sinful, they were sinful too. And there's tons of scriptures that cover that. If you hear noise in the background, that's my blinker. I'm actually driving as I do this podcast. Sometimes my best thoughts come to me as I'm just cruising down the road. So what does all that mean? It's like I'm saved, so now I can just go on sinning and not worry about it. You know, Jesus will forgive me. I got grace. I'm going to live in that. No, because it, it breaks God's heart. That's what I... I had to get through in my life is is I'm not doing this because you know I'm I'm overcoming my sin because for one thing it's it's bad for me the biggest thing is because I love God and if you love someone you don't go on hurting them um, if I love my wife I'm not going to go out and key her car <laughs> I guess that's kind of how God sees it when we sin it it, it hurts the heart of God. Does that mean he pushes away from us? No, usually the opposite. We usually push away from him. We, we know we've done something to hurt God. Uh, you know, we start backing away. And my my spiritual life, I've noticed that I feel that uh, radiance. You know, the spirit, I don't feel as close to God when I know I'm sinning. We've got a lot of little stuff, and I'm getting better, but uh, I'm still working on it. I'm just one thing at a time. I'm, I will keep taking those steps. That's my walk. And as far as sexual addiction is concerned, it is a, starts out as a little tiny flame in your mind that can grow into a, a huge wildfire. That first, that little tiny spark, that little tiny flame, the flame, the fire is going to tear down your family, tear down your trust and your relationships. I had a, a hard time with that. I was trying to overcome, you know, trying to win back the trust of my wife. And, you know, I started thinking that, oh, she should just trust me because I'm working on this. And, you know, she doesn't trust me. That isn't helping me. And 
and that wasn't right. My counselor kind of really whacked me over the head with that one because it, it was true. I I expected my wife to just go ahead and trust me and, oh, I'm going to work on this. Now you got to just forgive me and trust me. Well, she forgave me, but trust was something that I had to work on, and I still work on it. She still doesn't trust me 100%. It's been uh, over a year. The thing with trust is that, you know, you have to earn trust. I sat in my counselor's office and my wife was with me when she first met him and one of the first things he said to her is you can't trust him you need to know what he's doing you need to know where he's at all the time you need to make sure he has a cell phone on him make sure that you can get a hold of him you, know, you can't trust him and that kind of blew me away a little bit I thought I was taking some good steps you know I wanted some pat on the back but uh, no I, was, I didn't deserve trust I haven't earned trust yet but that's the walk that's the thing as I keep on fighting this thing as I keep on doing it I keep on walking I keep on keeping on keep on swimming like the uh, little Nemo movie I love my wife I love my family and I love God and that's why I'm going to keep on going keep on fighting I'm never going to give up and that's my challenge for you I'm going to challenge you with that never give up never give up on, on conquering this thing it's going to start out with little thoughts you're going to flood your mind and, and, and keep fighting them thoughts because they start out as little tiny flames little tiny matches and then they grow they grow from that keep snuffing them out keep snuffing them out in your mind keep fighting that don't give up fighting them little fires and as you fight them it gets easier I promise you this is just something to start out. I'll, I'll do a lot of stuff. I'll deal with a lot of the uh, the symptoms of your cold, if you will. You have to get a counselor to go down deep and dig out some of that other stuff, and I urge you to do that. You know, if, if doing that is really hard for you, send me an email. It's russ at digitalaudioproject.com. Reach out some way. If you're listening to this and you're just kind of, well, I don't know, you know, maybe I can do this on my own. First of all, you take it from a, a guy who's been there. You can't. You need help. And and reach out to somebody. Reach out to me. I, I urge you to, to talk to somebody in your church. If you're not going to a church, uh, you can talk to a church anyway. And, and if they won't talk to you, then that's the wrong church to go to in the first place. I was done with church, and, and it was a couple guys at church that talked to me. Dan Hazen was a guy at church who uh, loved me enough to... To talk to me about it, cared about my family enough, and that was the that was the place I need to be. And I know there's financial restrictions out there for a lot of people. It's maybe you might not be able to afford a counselor, but there's groups out there. There's stuff that you can do to help you get free of this. But you just got to go in there and you got to carve that stuff out of you. You got to find out why you act out sexually. It's about self-control. And you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. I'm a mess. I'm a disaster. I'm ADD. I was uh, diagnosed back in the summer, ADD. No, I'm not on medication right now. But uh, you can do it. I can do it. You can do it. Just don't ever quit. Don't ever give up. So I'm going to equip you a little bit today for the week ahead. I want you to try some of this stuff, see if this works for you. And remember, this is not going to happen overnight. All right, it took you years to get the way you are, and chances are it's going to take you a while to change. Some people change faster than others, but uh, just never quit. First of all, uh, repent, I think, is the is best word I can use. I know a lot of you 
non-Christians are thinking, oh, there's that repent word. Repent, you sinners! That's right. That's the best word to use. If you repent, basically you're saying, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to stop doing this. Please forgive me. You know, if you're not a Christian, if you're a Christian, um, you pray this, first of all, if you're a Christian. But confess it to somebody, you know, in your church. Even email me. If you're afraid to bring us up to anybody, if you don't have any friends you're tight with, that you can say, hey, I have a problem here. You know, send me an email. You can start out with that. If you kind of stumbled across me on the internet, if you're afraid to contact somebody. But you got to connect. you got to get this out of you. you gotta, you got to confess it to somebody. Get it out there. Get it on the table and say, here it is. I need to get, deal with this. The next thing you need to do is start the battle with your own mind. You know, you hear the people that go on diets and they say, you know, I'm going to eat right. I'm going to start this. You know, I'm going to start this today. I'm going to start this diet today. To make up my mind to eat healthy for a week, you know, and they'll go three, four, five days, and maybe they'll go a whole week, and they'll think, you know, I'm going to go two weeks. I know I can, you know, keep eating healthy. I'm going to go for a month. I'm just, this is how I'm going to eat from now on. I'm never going to go back to those nasty, greasy French fries with the ketchup and the big cheeseburgers with the cheese dripping off the sides and the ketchup and the greasy bacon on top, too. And what do they do? They defeat themselves in their own mind right there. Instead of thinking about eating healthy foods, they start dwelling on, yeah, I've been dieting for a while. I've got seven days. I'm, I've got three days, but boy, that sure sounds good. A nice pack of french fries, you know. Uh, you, you can't start to dwell on that. When the, when the french fry image pops up in your mind, you stomp it out. Boom. Like a match being thrown on a pack of straw. You have to start snuffing it out. And I know for a lot of you, it's going to feel like you're at the mall. You ever play the game at the mall where you you club the, the golfer, you know, whatever it is, you know, you got the nine holes and the little golfer's popping up and you're whacking them with a hammer, you're hitting them on the head and bam, 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 and that's how you score. Oh, starting out, it's going to feel like that because you're going to have all them thoughts popping up and, and it's going to be continual and it can be exhausting. You try and replace those thoughts with something else. Maybe call your wife. you got a cell phone on you. Call her up. Just tell her you love her. Call your kids. Call your mom. Call your dad. Call somebody. Get this. Get your brain on a different track. You're going to have to, you know, get yourself out of the rut. Kind of like a four-wheel drive that's going up in these big trenches, you know, and you're trying to pull yourself out of that rut. Well, you can. You just got to change your thought process a little bit. The freedom from not having this monkey on your back, not having control of your own sexuality, is incredible. I want you to experience that, and I know you can, if you just keep fighting and you never, ever quit. Boys and girls, are you up for the challenge? Hopefully I gave you some weapons today to fight this war. We're going we're gonna to do this together. Send me some emails, man. I need your emails. I need to hear from you. It's Russ at DigitalAudioProject.com. Uh, let me know if you want me to read them on the air. I won't use your name. We'll keep everything anonymous. And uh, I, I just like to hear from you. want to know what you're going through. want to see what I can do to help. Because I've fought this battle. And I've been, a, been pretty successful at it. And I want you to, too. I know you can. If I can do it, you can do it, like I said before. Again, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychologist in any way, shape, or form. I'm not a 12-stepper. I don't uh, believe in whining about your being a victim of things. I'm not that kind of guy. I, I know that uh, I've made choices in my life to be in pornography, to help cover my 
wounds, my scars, things that happen to me, I use pornography to, to medicate myself. And you probably have too, and that's why I urge you to get counseling or get in a group. If you can't afford counseling, you know, there's places you can go to, to get counseling if you can't afford it. If you can, go out there and do it. Find a good counselor. I challenge you to find a, a counselor in a church. I think that, you know, being a Christian and not being a Christian, I just know that it's a lot easier to do it with God. It's a lot easier to do it with the help of the Spirit inside you, with Jesus by your side. He really is alive. He really is there for you. He really wants to help you. He's sitting right there next to you. He's right there with you. We just have to turn to Him. We just have to open the door. If you're not a Christian, I, I challenge you to, to say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I, I know I'm broken. I know I'm a sinner. I know I don't do things right. And I'm asking you now to come into my heart. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me fight this battle, Lord. Help me put on the armor of God. Come into my heart, Jesus. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for your covering blood, for your bones broke on the cross for me. Thank God for the sacrifice that Jesus made for for my heart, for my spirit, because I can't do it on my own. I'm too broken. Jesus sacrificed himself for me. I thank you, and I accept that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, congratulations. You're a Christian. You're covered by the blood of Christ. You're written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you haven't, stick with me. Don't give up. Just come along. Come along for the fight, for the journey for this journey through the valley of the shadow of death. I challenge you. If you're a new Christian, you just prayed that prayer with me, I challenge you to go get a book by Rick Warren called The Purpose Driven Life. It'll blow your mind. It's an awesome book. Part of this fight is about purpose. Maybe you're covering the fact that you have a dead-end job and you can't stand your boss and you hate your life. I challenge you to get that book. If you don't read, get the audio book. I don't read either. I'm ADD. I have a hard time reading. I do read books, but it's very, very difficult for me. It takes me forever. So I like to listen to books. I'll put the links for those on my website. If they're not on there now, they will be soon. Or just go to your bookstore. It's like the, the hottest selling book ever for the last couple of months, a uh, couple of years. It's been on the New York Times bestseller list for like over a year. So, I challenge you to get that book, Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Listen to it, read it. Very, very important if you're a new Christian. If you're not, stick with me. If you're not, get the book anyway and read it. Find out why that book is so incredibly popular. You've got to be curious. You've heard about it. I'm sure you've heard the name. So this is the end of show one. This is digitalaudioproject.com slash ASI is my website. Check me out. Send me an email. Burn this to CDs. No copyright for me. Just spread the word. Get this message out there. Get this program out there. Feed the good dog. This is just some extra food for that good dog. 
247.org Now here we hear they want to see thee more clearly I know he hear me when my feet get weary Cause we're the almost nearly extinct We rappers as role models, we rap, we don't think I ain't here to argue about his facial features Or here to convert atheists into believers I'm just trying to say the way school need teachers The way Catholic needed Regis, that's the way I need Jesus So here go my single doll, radio needs this They said you can rap about anything except for Jesus That means guns, sex, lies, videotape But if I talk about God, my record won't get played, huh? 